The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. So good morning and welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. I am David Evans, the senior staff writer at Dirtfish, and joining me today is our voice of rally, Colin Clark. Morning, David Evans. Good morning, Colin Clark. Uh, our former sporting director and just about everything to every man in, in the sports, George Donaldson. Morning, George. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, morning, morning. And uh, absent with leave, just briefly, uh, is Luke Barry, <laughs> who has... <laughs> it's, it's been quite an action-packed morning It's it already. Uh, we're recording, as usual, very early Monday morning. Uh, and George came to the recording with the news that his cat had been sick. Uh, we're not entirely sure if Colin's cat has been sick. And there might be somebody dead in the bath above Luke's flat in Edinburgh because there's water coming through the roof. It's dedication to the cause, David. He was prepared to leave that water coming through the roof until after the podcast. Astonishing, really. Yeah, it's a a strange thing. But anyway, welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. And we have decided to give our uh, illustrious leader, Lisa O'Sullivan, another week off. She's she's done some sterling work covering the Olympics and the Paralympics uh, in Beijing. So we thought she deserved a lie in this morning. So you are lumbered with one Englishman and three Scotsmen. Deep joy. Uh, and we're going to start today with... I, I I was thinking yesterday about what. how do we start this one? Uh, and, you know, we all missed so much, didn't we? EWRC, our friends at EWRC, the results service, we lost them briefly mm. over, over Rally Sweden. Uh, and as usual, I spent my Sunday evening just going through their fabulous website, just looking at results, who'd done what through the weekend. And it struck me, you know, what an incredible weekend. Wow. We've talked a lot about a sort of break and quite a quiet time between Sweden and Croatia. It's nonsense. Mm. It was hideously busy weekend for, for, for rallying. Excuse me. Um, do, you know how, do you know how many rallies they were covering this weekend on EWRC, David? It was a record-breaking break, weekend for them. I've n- no idea how many. I, now, uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> that's not the answer you I wanted. <laughs> that's not the answer. I think, I think, off the top of my head, it was thirty-five rallies. It was definitely a record-breaking weekend for them. So and they were nuts, they were reporting the results from thirty-five different rallies around the world on the one website. Um, as I, you say, just... it, it was it was an absolute rally fest at the weekend. It was there to be found if you went out looking for it. Ah, it was absolutely. It was uh, an incredible job from them. We have just had a thumbs up in the group from Luke, so that means he's either found somebody dead in the bath upstairs or he's back. Are you back online, Luke? Is that how you explained my absence? <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> my yeah. That's what. Well, I, can, I can confirm that's not the case. Um, Excellent. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, yes, hello. Sorry for my absence. No, no worries. So we're, we're just going to jump into these results. Uh, Luke is going to give us a, a, a far more in depth look at the 100 Acre Wood round two of uh, American Rally Association with Dirtfish uh, shortly, but obviously it was a, it was a big win for Brendan Seminook there. Uh, and obviously there was a bigger story with <clears throat> with Ken Block um, coming back. But 
We will come to that. Chris Ingram won the Northwest Stages uh, in England, a closed road event, and it's a really quite an exciting one. And a big mate of the show, Neil Simpson, finished fourth. Uh, and actually, another big mate of the show who finished second. Can you tell me who that was, Cole? A big mate of ours in October. I can. It was quite a remarkable for someone that's, that, that very much spends his time, 95% of his time on a boat. Um, <laughs> it was uh, for Paul McKinnon, who is a part-time rally driver. It was an astonishing performance from him. You know, rally, rally doesn't know, roads he doesn't know, against some really decent cars and decent drivers. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, you know, it took him a little while to settle in, but when he did, he was, he was banging out stage wins. He was keeping Chris Ingram honest, and uh, I thought it was an incredible performance. And it, and it shows you, someone like McKinnon, um, with the right opportunities, what, what could he have done, David, George? He could have, he, he, and Luke as well, obviously. You're one of those guys that's got just bucket loads of quite natural talent. Mm. It, no, absolutely. It's uh, Colin. I mean, we, we've waxed lyrical about about drivers and abilities over the over the years, and you know, we know that for every one driver that succeeds, there was maybe there was maybe ten that could have done the same thing, and from that ten, they came from a field of another ten behind them. Yeah, that were all true. more or less good. Only one guy can actually get the wherewithal. Everything lines up that he can get to the next step, but raw talent can sometimes find its way through. Up to a, a great extent, but ultimately it requires a level of devastation, of uh, dedication, devastation, dedication, <laughs> dedication. Yeah. Not, well, devastation. Well, not, normally, normally, yeah, normally a lot of successful rally drivers have left a trail of devastation behind them because, because they've had to compromise a lot of things to get there because it's just so difficult, so immensely difficult to get there. Mm. So, uh, and, yeah, and t- talent, I, I can quite believe that we can look at that guy and say, you know, he could be a world champion. Mm. It could be, well, but... But you know, um, try try you know five six million quid nominally to get you to that to the point where you could have a chance to do that. Um, one way or another, it needs it needs that sort of money, uh, and and then and then we might just find it the last little bit. You've not got that last little edge, that last little Ogier, Tanak, Neuville. Uh, edge, I, you know, it's just I was I was all with get. you there. George, I, I, you know, I, I love Paul McKinnon, great bloke. But even with the unbelievable talent of Dan Barrett alongside him, his fellow, his fellow Mill resident these days, I'm not quite sure we could say Paul would have been a world champion. Well, there you go. Then. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't it's know. a lot. It's a lot. Of, it's it's yeah, a lot it's of a people sp- on the old staff of tours boat, David, to find five or six million it, as well. You know, it is. <laughs> it's, it's a it lot. Is. <laughs> it is. But <laughs> moving on, this was one of the what this was one of the results that really caught my eye. Uh, so Middle East Championship, immediately think Nasser al is going to win. Uh, didn't win in Kuwait uh, the weekend. Oh. Uh, so Mashari Al-Thafiri won in his Skoda. And, mm. But there's a great story behind this. So, well, not a great story for Nasser, obviously, who had a load of punctures uh, and recovered to finish second. Um, but actually, it was Khalid Al-Sawaidi who won the event, and it was Mashari Al-Thafiri mm. who would have been the first Kuwaiti to win since his father in 1980 had his Skoda engine not broken. It's about the dummy. Okay. Yeah. David, it's an interesting one. No, it's an interesting one because Nasser is the king of the desert, as we know. I mean, you know, from, yeah. from Dakar to the Middle East Championship, um, he's almost unbeatable. And, and, and the basis for his success out there is the ability to understand tire wear and to... to uh, yeah. To understand risk, 
you know, and, he, every, and what you'll find everywhere he goes, he's always done that, Colin. He's brilliant. Exactly, yeah. exactly, George, and that's exactly what he does. And and therefore, you look back through Nasser's career, and he's not had those those critical punctures that other drivers mm. have picked up. I mean, I remember once being in Cyprus with him. It was a, a round of um, now it may have been an ERC an, uh, an IR, It was an IRC round. It was also around the Middle East Championship. And at the end of day one. He was 20, 30 seconds down, and he said, Colin, don't worry about it. Those guys are going too fast. You know, they won't survive. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking after my car. I'm looking after the tyres. And he was absolutely bang on. Day two, just everyone else dropped off, and Nasser powered through. But, boys, I have to tell you, and we might, if possible, I'll get some permission for this. I, I came across the most awful video from that rally yesterday. The most awful video. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a ziz. It was um, who's who's you know he's he's competed a lot uh, in the world championship. He was in I think uh, he was in what was the D tune WRC car? What did we call that for a while? A regional rally, regional car. rally car. Yeah, he had he had a mini for a while. He and he enjoyed some degree of success. Uh, he, very much a part time driver now. Um, he was doing very very well coming through a stage flat out top gear, and a quad bike appears from the left mm. of this video, and you can see as is and his co driver reacting to it. He had to take avoiding action, and for about four seconds, they held on to this car as it bumped through the dunes, and then it lost it, and it let go, and it rolled, and it went all over the place. And thank goodness, driver and co-driver were okay, and, and quad driver, quad biker, didn't get hit. But it was the most terrifying video I've watched in a long time, and it, and it kind of highlighted, I love desert rallying. I love the Middle East Championship. It gives us something very, very different in rallying. But how do you police those stages when everything is so open? It absolutely highlighted that because we were in within within a millimeter, a millisecond. If Aziz hadn't reacted so quickly, there was a fatality there, uh, and that would have been <clears throat> disastrous for for uh, for well for the quad bike driver, but for the sport in the Middle East, uh, it was awful. It was absolutely awful to watch, but it was certainly, as you say, an adventurous weekend out there. Mm. No, absolutely, it was. It was, and just rattling through a couple more. Josh Moffat won West Cork. Uh, in his Hyundai, Pascal Peru won Rally Costa Brava in a BMW M3. The reason I mention that is because friend of the show, Denny Giraudet, was co-driving for oh, us. Uh, Perez was out there as well. He's another friend of our show, wasn't he? With his boy, he was out there. Yeah, sorry, he was. Absolutely. We can't mention every name, every friend of the show. Uh, Stefan Lefebvre wins, won South Belgium. Interesting one. Jos Verstappen was out in his in his Citroen. Uh, rally two car and he retired early and staying with the Grand Prix theme Heike Kovalainen yeah I don't really understand why he didn't win Shinshiro rally he seemed to win all the stages in his Skoda um, but EWRC is crediting Saya Mieda uh, with the victory so who are we to question that uh, and now we'll go back to the top uh, and talk more about 100 Acre Wood uh, Luke you were the star reporter for us, uh, along with our colleague Mason Runkle. Uh, tell us all that you know about 100 Acre Wood. <laughs> this this year's event, I assume, Beckham, or just... Mm. <laughs> no, just give us a... <laughs> yeah, let's probably let's stick to this year's event. Last weekend's event. It was a great win for Seminook. It was, it was. It was kind of a bit of a, a payback result as well for Brandon, because I don't know if we all remember the, the conversations we had with the soldiers, but... Obviously, Mark Piotrowski got that brilliant underdog win, but it was Semenuk that had, I think it was an eight-minute lead there. And I think it was the second-to-last stage where he had a mechanical. So that was a, basically a certain win was, was taken from him. So this time, he heads into the final stage, 45 seconds behind, and he wins. So 
there is kind of a nice bit of belief there that Block can repay you in rallying. But yeah, I, I think the big story was was Ken Block and his, his X2C competition Hyundai, which um, I think has angered quite a few people in the US just because of some of the modifications that haven't been done to it, shall we put it that way. Um, mm. And it was, it's, it's a difficult one to read because this event is one that Ken's won seven times before, which is more mm. than anybody else and significantly more than other events in America. So it is, if you like, Ken block the country, but it didn't take him very long to, to start leading the rally and basically start pulling away from everybody else. Um, what actually happened on the last stage is he hit a deer, um, which in itself, obviously, as we know, isn't a, a good thing in a rally car, but it Never a good thing. No, um, but that actually wasn't the big problem. He was stuck in fourth gear, but that in itself, again, with a 45 second lead, wasn't that bad. The issue was a massive amount of oil came up on his windscreen and he just couldn't see. So he had to back off. He, he dropped a minute and then he took second place. But I think he'll be quite happy with that in the circumstances because he, he could have easily DNF'd there. And given he knows how quick he and the car seem to be, I think second is a lot better than no points. But it's an interesting one where the ARA goes from here, I think, because yeah. we all know Barry McKenna's had a wild car out there for a year, but it's not... And this is the thing that, that I find strange in a way it, it's not the same as ken's car and obviously we know it's an m sport car not hyundai but the restrictions that have been made to it aren't the same the balance isn't there it's it's had to revert to what we call stick shift gear whereas ken's still got the paddle on his but he's got a 1.6 liter engine whereas barry's got a two liter so I, i'm not a technical expert i didn't hear enough about how it worked but i'm i'm curious to see how the how this can cause a major fallout in in rallies to come because it's like one it's an open class but it's like one car's got different restrictions than the other and it's a bit it's a bit confusing that, that, that it's, itself, the one, sorry david the, just the one big question there would would be the the restrictor size um for me i mean if they're still running a big wrc spec restrictor yes, uh, you know, yes the they are yes they are but just, as i, mean, I read it they were yeah that's a lot of power isn't it yep yeah, probably more power than but might I would imagine. Why, why than, David? Than Barry's getting out of the two liter, just, which does have a smaller restrictor, I think. But again, I'm not entirely sure. So, David, just answer, answer me this one. I'm, I'm you know, I, when we talked about this last night, I said, you know, yeah. is is there an argument that perhaps the ARA are missing a trick here and and not in, effectively they're discouraging people from bringing world rally cars into the championship and 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 we know and we saw at the weekend what. A wonderful effect having world rally cars does have for for any rally. You know, it lifts the profile immediately. Um, you why? And and again, excuse my ignorance on this one. Why wouldn't they just introduce a class that could accept WRC cars as they are? What? Availability, Cole. You know, this when I was in in America in Seattle last week, we were talking a lot about Block's car and and the whole the direction ARA takes and. For me, this is it is a pivotal moment, and it's also quite a dangerous moment. I absolutely love the opportunity to see world rally cars of this nature in in that part of the world, and and with brilliant drivers like Ken, it's fantastic. But it, does it make it even more elitist? You know, does it? How does anybody grow talent in a country where you know already you're facing these huge sort of geographical difficulties to follow the championship, and that brings an economic burden of itself? But then, how do you try to compete what? against? A world rally car. Well, for, I, I, for me, yeah, yeah. surely the idea is to is to bin the open class yeah. and go with rally two. Correct. That's exactly what I was just about to say, David. You, you, they've got themselves into a situation 
And, and you know why they're doing that. It's quite clear why they're doing that. They don't want to lose Subaru. Su Subaru yeah. have been the mainstay of that championship for, for mm. decades. And they don't yeah. want to lose Subaru. So they're, 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 they're bringing this hodgepodge, as you've said, Luke, of regulations, which, which seems at times to be quite, you know, quite arbitrary in the way that they make decisions. Um, because they don't want to go R2, uh, Rally 2, R2 car. Um, because Subaru don't have anything to fit into that class. It's a very, very big decision they have to make because, uh, you know, we saw, we saw the kind of bounce that they got from having Ken Block there. You know, it was, he kept it very quiet. It was, all, it, was all, it was all, you know, cloak and dagger stuff, wasn't it? And that added to the kind of the intrigue around the rally. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we'll wait with interest to see what they do because they can't have these kind of very strange regulations that, that really but don't give anyone any confidence. It's all about confidence, isn't it? It is, but yeah. as you've said there, Cole, you know, Subaru, it's easy just to sort of say Subaru has been the mainstay and you're dead right. You know, they have been and, and it's the level of investment that they've put in oh. down, down the last decade. You know, they, they do have a very strong voice and quite rightly so. Uh, and maybe the challenge to, to, to ARA is to find a way that they can balance the power um, or, or balance the performance, sorry, uh, in, and tune it to a rally two car. It is... And that, you know, George, you'd know better than anybody to try and balance that performance. It, it's you know, tricky, with but or with whatever. it is a tricky yeah. thing to do. I read, I read Luke's reports and 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 all the the the, the various comments about about it on our on our website, and it appears to me that they're actually making a pretty damn good effort to it. And and you know, they say they're working with FIA. They're 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 obviously you know they're they'll be good technical people doing it, and they are balancing things up. You know, it's interesting that. You know, Ken Block was stuck in fourth gear. He has the, he has the you know, the electro-hydraulic or whatever it is, a gear change system, whereas Barry McKenna doesn't. You know, so there was a penalty to pay for that. Um, although you wouldn't count that in a in some form of handicap formula, but um, it sounds to me like they're 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 doing their very best. And handicap formulas, they're not really handicap formulas. They're just you know, performance balance. They take time to get right, and as long as they stay flexible, and I'm sure they are. They can they can apply you know they've applied a lot of weight onto Ken's car I think it was it must a phenomenal amount of weight onto it, um, which will be a massive penalty and very very real and meaningful. So the the bottom line is I think as long as the the ARA officials are and technical uh, gurus are being proactive with it and balancing it not necessarily from event to event but from uh, from from quarter to quarter, if you like, because one event, you know, as as you've rightly said, David, uh, Luke, that that you know, Ken Block could just about own Hundred Acre Wood. You know, maybe, maybe his own performance, maybe his own performance is worth uh, something like a second a kilometer. Who knows? So it's difficult to to strike the balance on just one event. But look, it sounds to me like they're being proactive and they've done a quite an interesting job. They've done it differently than I've seen it done before, and I wouldn't be dissing it or saying that they've not got it right yet. Go for it, guys. Do a great job. That's what I say. George, that's very well said. And that's kind of what I meant to say. And um, when you mm. bailed me out there, so thank you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, no. I read your I article. It was clear to me what was going on. Look, I thought it was I, great. I, I, I don't know ARA competition director Preston Osborne particularly well, but I do know him a little bit. Um, so if you are listening, Preston, I'm sorry if that came across too negatively. Because um, I do mm. know, as George said, they are genuinely trying very hard. I, I just, my I think... point I was trying to make was I think. If yeah. I was Barry, I would be making some inquiries about what I can and can't run for the next round. I think was where I was going with that. Um, but it, it is interesting. I, I, as you say, the extra weight, I'd forgotten about that, actually. Um, there's various bits. And, and as you said, you can read a lot into one round. But just to throw in my thoughts on the, the Rally 2 stuff, um, I think that would be 
if it was feasible, and I just say super super is the curveball, I think that would be the feasible option. But I, I'm not suggesting I know anything because I don't. But one of our journalists this week, Dominic Wilde, got a story from from Subaru's motorsport manager Bill Stokes. Essentially, says they're building a brand new competition car this year. Wouldn't go anywhere further than what that was. Whether it was rally, whether it was rallycross, very ambiguous. So could they be open to doing something different? You never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. No, absolutely. And staying just briefly with with Rally 2, a great win for Tom Williams uh, at 100 Acre Wood. Uh, who, what happened to Johnny O'Sullivan in the end? He crashed, we think. Uh, but I don't, I don't know too much more than that. Because um, sometimes when, you, when you're covering the ARA from Europe, you don't, the information stream can be slower than it might be if you're there. Yeah. So you, hear, you hear various things. Um, so all I heard was that he crashed. I don't know more than that. But yeah, he, I think Johnny was within two tenths of a second of Tom after the first day. I and mean, I think yeah. Tom had taken a bit of time out of him. He seemed more confident Tom on the second day. And then Johnny crashed. And um, so that yeah. kind of was pressure off Tom. But it, it was he's only done a couple of events out there, but he is showing some good progression of speed already. Tom look he, he, look, he did not crash. Look he had a he had a he had an off. It's entirely different, <laughs> honestly. I promise but, you. you know. But it is a, a great, a really strong showing from Tom Williams. You know, it, his decision to go out there is 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 a, is a good one. You know, and it's helping to to raise the profile of the championship. And it's good to see uh, a Brit going well out there. But mm, brilliant. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> clearly, I I think it's good to see a Brit going well out there. Uh, not a Scotsman, not a Scotsman, not, of course. Not a Scotsman. That would be acceptable. We, just, just, just to explain, we're having some. Minor... I like I like the word Brit. That that suits me fine. Absolutely, we're having some minor technical issues with with uh, with our yeah. colleague Colin, who has now dis. That's okay. Let's 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 push on. He'll be back with us in a second, and we'll hear when he comes we, back. I'm indeed, sure. we will. Um, so yeah, moving on to to a couple of other stories from Hundred Acre Wood, uh, Lucy and Leah Block. Staying very much with the Block family, Leah, of course, is 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 Ken's daughter, and Lucy is Ken's wife. Lu- Lucy had our own Dirtfish's, uh, one of Dirtfish's lead instructors, uh, Michelle Miller, co-driving for her. But troubled event for them. They were in the in the Fiesta Rally Three, weren't they, Luke? And what did they did they have a problem on the first stage? <laughs> yeah, now you're testing me because I'm not quite sure what the problem was, but there was an issue before. I think it was the first couple stages that they had to miss because of some kind of part that was missing I'm not sure but it was a big shame for them because obviously it was the first I think there was maybe two Fiesta Rally 3s on the rally and it was great to see actually that as part of the Hoonigan press release before the rally it wasn't just all focused on Ken's Hyundai drive obviously that was the big news story for, for us but they made it a big family affair with, with Lucy in the Rally 3 and, and Leah in the, the Rally four was it an r2 fiesta i think it was an r2 fiesta but it was great to see just a shame i guess that we never quite got to see what the package of lucy and michelle was capable of but as we all know hoonigan aren't shy of making a, a attractive and bold rally livery and that car looked great with its white and its yellow and pink stripes on it so we all know that makes every car a, a little bit faster <laughs> absolutely david can i make an input can i make an input about rally three car Yes, a really short, a short, a short statement. Here we go. Something radical, as usual for me. Look, I, I, I was first really introduced to the 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 Fiesta Rally Three is the one I've seen in Kenya last year, 
when I saw it going so incredibly well and so incredibly fast as well, so drivable and so strong. I think all rallies should just change to Rally 3 and follow that example of that Fiesta. Because <laughs> it's just, when you see small cars being driven absolutely hell for leather yeah. on the ragged edge, it's as good as a world rally car. If you're seeing it in comparison to it, of course, it's going to look slower. But if all you saw was that, yeah. I guarantee you it would look just as spectacular as what take, we currently see, just as spectacular as a Group B car, because I, they're phenomenally good cars. Take you take you straight back to Colin McRae in a 1300cc Nova. Yeah, exactly. George. There you are. It was just bizarre to watch. It was fantastic. Ragged edge stuff. I, I do agree with you. I mean, I, I used to cover quite a lot of your Monday tests that you used to do, George. And... Um, yeah, the R5 cars, or what were the S2000 cars back in the day, Group N cars? S2000, yeah. They were all spectacular yeah. to watch. The only ones that I didn't get enormously excited by were the uh, the, the two-wheel drive cars, I'm afraid. Uh, I know you're talking about Colin and the Nova. They always look a little bit slow out of slow corners, Colin, but absolutely. on the fast places, they go yeah. just as quick as the four-wheel drive cars and just as ragged and just as spectacular to yeah. drive and watch. But we've said this many times, and it was, it was you know, you would take a step back with those S2000 cars and in the hands of the right driver, <laughs> you would take a step back. We'll only have to remember Sebastian Ogier in, in, the, oh. in the Skoda, wasn't oh. it? The, 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 year, the build-up yeah. year of... Uh, of the Volkswagen team. Stage uh, that was, that was very spectacular. On, what was yeah, the name well, of the stage? Tergu stage, wasn't it? Was it that one that you took the stage win in? Um, yeah, that's Tergu? true. Yeah. The one, the, one that yeah. the, the teams used to test the um, the tyres on. Oh, go back a Pretty wee special. bit further and to go to Formula 2, late 90s in the British Oof. Championship. I mean, they were... Yeah, yeah, that was... <laughs> we woke a Formula Lucum again. Formula 2, Trentham Gardens, which is just along the road from me. There was, there was a round of the British Championship visited Trentham Gardens in thick snow, and Julian Porter had his best ever result in a stage of the World Rally Championship. He kept the car on the road while everyone else fell off. I think Schwartz won that year, didn't he? Uh, 96. He did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 96. Were you there, Colin? did win. No, no, I didn't live in Staffordshire at the time. I was still very much... No, I wasn't... Oh, I did. No, I did. 96, I was still here. How did I miss it? Goodness me. How did you miss uh, it? Do, do you know what? Do you, you know had, what? You, you, had, you hadn't been subjected to it yet. You hadn't been bitten by the bug, Colin. No, I hadn't, George. But do you know what's incredible? I do remember. What I do remember is chatting away to someone, and I can't remember. It must have been around about that time, I guess, mid-90s. I used to work in a pub up the road and was chatting away to someone, and they were talking about the Audi Quattro's servicing on the pub on the roundabout in the middle of the A34. Mm. It was Michel Mouton in the 80s, in the 80s when they visited Trentham Gardens. He used to service wow. in the pub on the roundabout. You know the one, David, when you come from the Swan with two necks down towards the A34, the one that's now derelict. Yeah. Big, big pub car park. They would service the Quattro's. Oh, quartos. yeah, yeah, They would, they yeah, would yeah, service big, the Quattro's. Enough, enough, of, this, enough yeah. of that parochial, but, where, where's but, this pub But nonsense? actually, Come on, just, <laughs> this brings <laughs> us brilliantly <laughs> back, actually, to, to that 96 result. Of course, the RAC rally wasn't a round of the World Championship that right. year. Yeah. But uh, Armin Schwarz did win in a Celica of what would have been a factory car, as you well know, George, because you probably ran it. Uh, and second was Maceo Kamioka. Uh, which was good, great result for him and Kevin Gormley in there uh, in Pretzer. But third, who can tell me was third? Who was third? Mark Higgins. No, no. Oh, well, I can so tell you. I can do Stig Blomqvist yeah. in a Skoda. In a wow. Skoda. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and Higgy was fourth. Uh, oh, but just uh, one of the great, great rallies. Uh, How much horsepower say... did, did Stig Blomqvist have? 130 horsepower or something. It was oh, like right. nothing. It was yeah. nothing. 
It was nothing. It was a shopping car. It, and but a great result, and and just demonstrating what you can do with a with a small engine and a small car. Uh, but a huge just, talent. And he, yeah, yeah. Let's not forget huge talent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you, you and I have driven small cars, Carl. We've never finished third. Oh, oh those spectacular things. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, moving on to some uh, kind of more serious uh, business. We saw a decision come out of World Council um, last week where the FAA has tweaked and changed the regulations for hybrid penalties. This was a, a very, very hot topic uh, on a very, very cold rally in Sweden, where, of course, Oit Tanak uh, was, was hit with 20 minutes of penalties for something that patently wasn't his fault, wasn't the team's fault. It was a, a hybrid issue. Uh, Colt, this is something that you've been, you've been yeah. talking a lot about. What yeah. are your feelings? Well, <laughs> tell us first. Explain the decision. The I'm a little bit confused. So this decision is the right one. If you remember back a few weeks ago, we had Andrea Damo on the program, and and he talked a bit about it. And he said it's bewildering that you know that the penalty for a driver making a mistake and missing two stages at the end of the day is the same as the penalty for a driver through no fault of his own, through no fault of the team's, having to retire for the day. Uh, he said that's odd. There needs to be some differentiation, which is what the FIA have done. Uh, but for me, the way I looked at it, it's, it's like saying, OK, so we're, we're giving you a 10 minute per stage penalty, as it was, for something that is not the fault of the driver, not the fault of the team. Clearly, that's unfair. Yeah, OK, so we're going to get rid of it. Yeah, that's great. We're going to get rid of the penalty, but we're still going to penalise you two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, I'm a little bit lost. Listen, I, I, I did have a little bit of debate with Freddie Olin, actually. And, and the point I made to Freddie was drivers views on this are very different from other perhaps interested parties. And I know that because I spoke to the drivers in Sweden before Elvin Evans had his problem about Tanak's problem. And they all said, rules are rules. You've got to stick to them. Now, Elvin's view very much changed after he experienced the same problem. Um, but drivers, yeah. I understand drivers, they need to have that certainty of what happens. But for me, we're still in a very, very difficult situation. It is not the same as a pop-off valve. It is not the same as a fuel pump in a Ferrari in Formula One that's supplied apparently by Magneti Morelli. So, you know, maybe Red Bull could be complaining about yesterday's result in the, 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 the Grand Prix. It is not the same as that. This whole formula is built and sold around the hybrid unit. Now, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're using regulations to compensate for something which as yet is not 100% reliable. It'll never be 100% reliable. Um, but you, we, we can't. We can't have a situation. And it's, from my point of view, it's, it's looking as a sponsor, as a manufacturer. You know, when I was a sponsor, I would get a report. I don't know if it came from you, George, on a Monday or a Tuesday morning after every event saying this is what happened. Now, if I'd gone back as a sponsor and said, no, just explain this one to me. So my driver actually more or less won the rally. But something happened in the car that was not the team's fault, not the driver's fault, maybe in the final stage, and we didn't win the rally. You know, how come my investment is, is, is suddenly devalued because of that? You know, these situations, if they happen for sponsors, but more pertinently for manufacturers, it won't go on forever because they, they won't accept it. Manufacturers will not accept that situation, you know. Not, and, and I'm not talking, when I say manufacturers, I'm not talking about the teams that run the cars. I'm not talking about necessarily M-Sport. I'm not talking about the guys in Alzenau or the guys back in, <coughs> where are they now, in, in Finland. Yeah, I, I am talking about the guys way. who sign off the budgets at the very top. You know, they're investing in hybrid. Mm -hmm. Their cars are hybrid. What fails is their car's hybrid unit. 
and it can't be allowed to happen. They can't be penalised for it. I, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm torn because I understand the situation where, you, you, you know, you've got to have some sort of penalty, I suppose. But for me, for the good of the sport, it's very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. It, it, it's so difficult to, to work out what sort of notional penalty to give, and I, and yeah. I sympathise with FIE greatly. First of yes, all, right. I applaud the fact that they've, they've actually instigated a change. Everyone was saying, rules are rules, that's it, made for the year. What was it, Yves Maton said, no, yeah. there's the rules, that's yeah, it. Exactly. The, the, new, the, new, the revised FIE has come along and said, no, no, we're going to be more sensible than that. Great. So all applause to FIE for doing that. Two minute, two minute penalty. I feel is still a little bit steep for something that's not your problem. Yeah. Although it does allow you to recover something from the overall championship point of view, not putting you completely out of everything. So yes, it's better. Um, but but there's also so you imagine that um, on the first day of say a Turkey rally, which is going to be the roughest, toughest day of of, of Portugal rally, and and you uh, you stop on the first stage with a hybrid problem, which can't be fixed until the end of the day. So you've retired. So you get a notional time. Let's say let's say they give you a notional time, uh, and it's maybe it's a five second a stage or a ten second a stage penalty. So you you maybe get a minutes penalty at the end of the day. But you've got a brand new fresh car. You've now got two more days of rallying when everyone else has knackered their car fighting for the lead, and now you know and their cars are getting a little bit worn and a little bit ragged. You go out in the second day. Probably with a very good seeding position, potentially because because you've uh, you've not been penalised too heavily, better than the seeding position of someone that struggled all day and just had a bit of bad luck on the last stage. They're now running first on the road. There's a few people like that. Maybe you're fourth on the road with a brand new fresh car, and lo and behold, you go out and you take a minute out of everybody during the whole day. Well, that certainly wouldn't be fair for me and the point of view of another team. So just pointing out how tough it is to get that really balance tough. right. Um, mm. two, two minutes still seems a bit steep to me but you know what the decision's been made and I think that we as a group uh, should always debate these things but actually you know I'll, I'll, I'll give that one to FIA I'm afraid on that one guys I, I, say, I say afraid because it's such a difficult one you know there's no rights or wrongs it would be a hard person that would definitely say this is what should be done you know maybe Tommy Mackinnon would be absolutely sure what would be done because he's that sort of sure person but it would be from his perspective mm. and we're trying to look at it from the sports perspective and you know as journalists from the, the view of all the teams and I think two minutes still seems a bit steep to me but actually maybe when you put everything into context that's maybe just about right I, I, I think I think it's the best compromise if I'm honest mm -hmm. um, two minutes and I, I don't know if this is I have to say Colin actually made some some very good points there and um, which didn't destroy the argument I had but it did make me sort of realize that the, the counterpoints stronger I, I think the issue for me really is if you didn't have any kind of penalty at all and I know Colin wasn't necessarily suggesting that was the best solution but if you didn't you're opening up to some kind of massive loophole where any kind of disadvantages for a rally driver exactly is going to be, yeah they're going to turn around and go well, why why not so you've got drivers running first in the road on, on the first day why don't they get 30 seconds back at the end of each day because they've been hampered if you come across some dust or you get a notional time how do you start a notional time i mean for a competitor going off or something and it's based i know some these get argued but it's, it's difficult because I think the issue, as Colin highlighted, is that the problem doesn't exist with the team or the driver. It's an external mm. part that can affect anybody. But I guess the counterpoint to that is it's an external part that can affect anybody, so it can affect anybody. 
It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. one team is at a disadvantage. One time they, they might well be, and obviously I think for Roy it's particularly bad because we all know Tanak's had the most miserable twelve months he could have possibly had. So to see him in the ringer for it and to lose twenty minutes, I, I agree, was was strong. Which I think I did, I did some rough math, and it's dangerous if you change one variable and assume everything else stays the same. But if he'd lost four minutes instead of uh, twenty, he should have been about six or seven. On the rally, yeah, which obviously is yeah. a lot better than coming. I don't know where he finished in the end, but he wasn't anywhere yeah. near the points anyway, was he? Um, but it's it's such a, a tricky thing, as as we've all said, for the FIA to get right because it, it, the the image thing is, is one thing of the hybrid going wrong. But if it penalises somebody too much, when essentially we we don't necessarily know yet what it has been that's caused Tanak's failure either. That's the other thing. It was. Why have we not? Why have we not heard that yet, David? Yeah. Why have we not heard that, David? Uh, Luke, why remind me why, why have we not Tell heard me. that yet? Uh, I've got to say, I I haven't chased that one. Yeah, it, it, well, it, it could be that on our part. In it, in all fairness, but we, one of our colleagues, <laughs> no, no. Alistair Lindsay, did speak to, um, and I've forgotten the chap's name. Um, bless me. Oh, Oliver Blamberger from from Compact Dynamics, lovely fella. Dynamics, and and, I, and I, that was pretty much immediately after the. It was, I think it was during the rally actually, and obviously at that stage he didn't know, but they were going to investigate. And we haven't yeah. heard anything as to what the cause was. Um, Elvin, of course, had an issue with his as well, but that sort of gets forgotten a little bit because he's obviously had a crash before then anyway. Yeah. So it, that just sort of essentially ruins his chance to get the power stage. But I guess the point I'm, I'm trying to make above anything else is that, yes, it, it potentially is unfair for a driver to, to lose out if the hybrid fails, but if you start giving him no penalty for, for missing things, it just opens up a massive big... It does, look. It does. It does. It does, guys. But listen, you know, rules have adapted, adopted, adapted, sorry, and changed through the years. You know, you talked about people getting caught in dust. That was always force majeure in the past. Now, the minute a driver's caught in the dust of someone in front of him, you know, he heads straight to the steward's room and he gets 15, 20 seconds back. Things, you know, that, that was unheard of 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, but we me, didn't for, have the tech there, did we, Carl? Well, we to, didn't. That's to... very true, David. That's very, very true to, to prove to, the point. To... But he, here's the thing but... for me, you know, when, when President Ben Salim, actually during his campaign, uh, he, he said very much to me that, you know, the, the imbalance is there between the manufacturers and the FIA and we have to redress that balance and we have to understand that the manufacturers are possibly the most important thing at this sport. You know, we talk about rules and when we talk, all this discussion has been rules that uh, basically that, that suit the sport, they suit the teams, they suit the drivers, they suit the events. Sometimes you've got to take a wee bit of a hit. Sometimes you do, and sometimes you have to say, you know, there are outside other considerations, there are other stakeholders who we have to consider in all of this. And I think, I think the minute, the minute we get a situation, it's not even a fight for the win, a fight for the podium. The, the, the first time that someone in a fight for the podium on the last day has to stop his car and walk away from effectively a functioning car because either all the lights have gone out or a red light has come on, the minute that happens in a final day battle, and that driver, don't forget, is non-classified there. He doesn't get a two-minute penalty. He's non-classified. The minute that happens, we get a rule change again. No question about it. No question about it. And I, and I, I think that situation is, um, I, I was going to say inevitable. It's not inevitable because compact dynamics are working very, very, very hard to, to cut out any of these strange anomalies that we, we saw in, in, in Sweden. Um, but the minute that happens, then, you know, we are in all sorts of trouble, I suspect.
Yeah, I think you're right, Cole. But what what it is really important to point out here is that you know from the, from the old regime, from Maton talking of you know rules is rules. Actually, big yep. congratulations to Andrew Wheatley mm-hmm. as as new FIA rally director that he stepped in and immediately demonstrated common sense and said no rules are rules until actually they need changing and they do so we had to start from somewhere uh and we've we've evolved uh we'll see there's two minutes right we'll we'll see um but but yeah they've they've made the right call um and and we need to demonstrate more flexibility which i'm sure andrew and and the the faa will do uh just that um i'll be i'll sorry to quickly interrupt but i'll be interested to to hear what all the drivers think of this and and david Cowan, i don't know if you can guess because you obviously know them very all of them very well um i can't work out if they'll be happy or a bit cheesed off or a mixture of everything it could because you could look at it as we've debated for the last 10 minutes you could look at it from all angles couldn't you yeah. We don't have to speculate. We don't have to speculate about it. We'll hear it soon enough. It'll be great. Yep. I'm, I'm awaiting. I'm awaiting the report. I, I, and and <laughs> George, George yeah. is a taskmaster today. And George, we will come back to you. We'll get on the phone to our friend Oliver, uh, and we will find uh, out. So and, stay- and compact dynamics. Thank you. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's, that, exactly. Uh, and we will find yeah. out exactly what's happened. We have. Uh, there's been a slight dereliction of duty, which is entirely my fault. Apologies for that. Moving forward, looking forward to this weekend and round two of the European Championship. Uh, of course, we've got no Neil Solon there. Won the first round mm. in Canaries. Uh, what I, do we I think? got, I got, a li- I got a little bit of an insight into some of the TV coverage. Apparently, it's not just subscription. There are a number of European broadcasters that are actually taking the live <laughs> feed and gone live, so right. that not everybody, not everybody's uh, subject to what we are in UK. Happily, no. uh, so and, and I'm sure I'm sure the organisers are working really hard to make sure that it, it does get uh, that free to air coverage. I'm sure they are, uh, but, but, it's, but it's a shame. It's a shame that the promoter hadn't just put it free to air onto their website. And it's that, a that real shame been, that that would, have, be, that would have done it. Because regardless, you know, that I think it's fair to say there's not a huge amount of competition uh, going forward this weekend into round two. But Cole, you have been to Azores. I have. Hmm many times and you will know it is one of the most spectacular rallies in the world isn't it not necessarily geographically falling within europe but that's a wholly different matter but it's still a spectacular rally from the second you arrive david literally as you make the approach on the airplane onto this airport which is perched on the side of this rock in the middle of the atlantic ocean um it it is spectacular it's it's a great rally it's you know it's it's one of those rallies that yeah it's 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 quite an effort to get there but when you get there my goodness me, the whole, the whole island absolutely embraces the rally. And, uh, you know, it's a gravel rally. There's some really, really testing stages. It's loose gravel. Uh, there are a lot of, lot of Irish-like little lanes with, with dry stone dikes along the side of them um, that are very, very testing. And then there's obviously that famous stage that goes around the outside of the volcano, which uh, is just, you know, you get a good day and you get good helicopter shots from that, and there is nothing like it anywhere else in the world. It's a great rally. It really is. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing what they do with it in terms of the, the coverage this weekend. You know, I, I, George, I suspect I had the same conversation that you had about the TV coverage. Um, and during that conversation, one, one of the things that I mentioned was, look, you know, it was, I, I would like to see the, the ERC as if you like the, the Formula 2 to the Formula 1 coverage. The Formula 1 coverage is very polished. We, we know exactly what we're going to get. Uh, you know, it's very, very professional. 
the Formula 2 coverage, well, it's a little bit different, isn't it? You know, it's different presenters, younger people. They're trying different things out, different graphics, different styles. You know, there's different sort of interaction there. I, I'd, I'd like to see maybe, maybe the ERC being um, distinctly different in terms of its coverage. Yes, using the yeah. all-live format as a basis, but trying out different things. Bringing, you know, with, with the WRC, we want to see the cars, we want the results, we want to know the state of the competition. Um, you know, when you've got seven or eight or nine hours of rallying a day, you need to introduce an element of entertainment to it. Sadly, sadly, seven or eight or nine hours of watching cars on a stage all day, for the vast majority of people, isn't entertaining. I think with ERC... Colin... Colin, I, I think I think we're, we're honestly, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being a taskmaster this morning. Apologies, we've, we've been through that one already, and, and no, no, I think I'm talking we're about all this in weekend. agreement. But well, we've not aye, really but, talked about this. But, but, this but, element, who, who's, who's who's going to who's going to win? Who's going to win? Ah, I've got no idea who's going to win, and that's that's my point. That proves I it. I want you to tell into, me, but that comes into my point, George. Is I don't know any of the drivers. I don't know aye. who's going to win, so it has to be yeah. entertaining. So let's try something different in terms of the coverage of it. Yeah. I, I no, see no, your I point there, Cole. You. you know, ERC, obviously, it is rallying's equivalent or it's one of the equivalents to, to Formula 2, and perhaps it should be a proving ground um, across all aspects of, of coverage and, and competition and everything. It's it's a difficult one. Again, you know, WRC Promoter has taken over the, the, the promotion of the championship from Eurosport events, and let's see let's see what they can do. I think, you know, they they did, they've set their stall out. They want to produce this this all lifestyle um, content, which is great. You know, as a rally fan, I I would sit down and watch a lot of the coverage. You know, it's watching rally cars on stages, but is it entertaining? I, I don't know. You know, for me it is because it's it's watching cars and listening to people who can talk about cars, but I totally see your point that, you know, is it bringing in a wider audience uh, in the way that Formula 2 quite possibly does? Uh, I don't know. Let's... Let's have a look. One person who will bring plenty of entertainment to the Azores Rally this weekend uh, is our colleague and sometime friend, when he hasn't fallen out with Colin and he hasn't fallen out with me, uh, our German colleague, Rainer Kuhn. <laughs> uh, we have to say a big, <laughs> a big, all the best to, to you, Rainer. And uh, Sirkan at Toxport, you're a very brave man for giving him yeah. your Cleos for the weekend. David, we never fall out with Rainer for too long. Not for too long. But, but here's no. a word of advice to anyone. Rainer Kuhn is Germans, Germany's top, uh, top, top rallying journalist. And he's been around for a long time. And he, he's not a bad driver. If you ever get the opportunity to sit down with Rainer, never, ever, ever steal his wine. <laughs> ever. No, don't. No, don't. Don't steal his wine. That's, that's a dangerous game. We thought that would be quite funny. But that one backfired quite badly. We didn't Sorry steal it all. That. We only stole a little bit of it as well. But he, yeah. he noticed, yeah. he noticed, and my goodness me, Apologies, it was possibly Ryan. the biggest strop I've ever seen. Possibly. It was quite entertaining. Absolutely. And we've seen some quite big strops in Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, Col, I would just uh, take almost take exception to your helicopter shot of the volcano stage. I would raise you a helicopter shot on a beautiful day on the Funga Coast uh, in New yeah. Zealand. Uh, yeah. Which you know is 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 also bringing us nicely onto Otago Rally, which is coming. Sorry, thanks, Luke. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, yep, plenty of content coming. You will have seen on Dirtfish.com that we are partnering with um, with the Rally of Nations Guanajuato, 
and Otago Rally. Uh, so lots, lots to talk about on both of those events. I've got to say, you know, it. I, I missed Sweden uh, for for a very good reason. But suddenly, I know we're talking about a really busy weekend on EWRC last weekend, but it feels like forever since I was on Monty, uh, and I cannot wait to get mm. to to Mexico for Rally of Nations. You know, we've had Adrian Formo, Matt Wilson, Harry Robinpera, Hiroki Arai back. Mm. Uh, not back, he's never really been away. But there's so much going on in Mexico and so much going on in Otago. Briefly, last week, I did think when we saw Jacinda Ardern talking about opening uh, opening up the borders again, I thought, wow, if she just opens those up very early April, Cole, we could be heading down there. Uh, yeah, she no, she's... She yeah. hasn't done the decent thing. Uh, she hasn't. But she has, she David, because... The, the previous rule meant that we actually weren't going to be allowed in for Rally New Zealand either. <laughs> so, yes. So she, yeah. she amended that. She brought that all forward sensibly. But Do you think she right. did that just for Dirtfish, just for you and I? I, I think she did it just for Rally New Zealand. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. She's that sort of person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and just one thing to talk about. I was going to talk a lot about, um, obviously, I was away last week. Uh, and, and we were away on this summit. I know you boys talked about uh, the Women in Motorsports Summit that we that we produced in Seattle last week, but just again to say what a huge success it was, and our coverage for Women in Motorsport goes on. Uh, and if you fancy, you can buy some fabulous Women in Motorsport merchandise on the website now. No, no, uh, David, no. What? No. You've got it wrong again. Oh no. It's oh, not no. merchandise. It's merch. Right. Merch. Get your hands <laughs> on the merch. And if you read. Also, if you read one thing this week on, on Dirtfish.com, firstly, why are you only reading one thing? There's lots of things to read. Uh, but go back and have a quick look at Holly McRae's uh, piece from last week, uh, which is the, the forward that she wrote to a, to a book that we did a few years ago. Uh, and it, they are quite possibly the most moving and poignant words that you will ever read from what would have been a 13, 12 or 13, I can't remember year old girl she was absolutely stunning uh, and thank you holly very much for uh, for allowing us to run those those words again uh, and i think cole you have got to go it is 755 uh, david well done th- thank you very much so there we are chaps that's another one done and we look forward to welcoming back uh, leader lisa next week uh, who will uh, yeah. keep us all in in check. And, and I, I'll apologise for for channeling Lisa today. <laughs> Pushing things yeah, forward, Colin. Good. Colin, sorry, sorry. No, Colin. no, no. Never apologise to me, George. Ever, okay. never, ever no, apologise no. to me. No, uh, but, George, boys. George, you've got to go and clean up some cat sick. Luke, you've got yeah. a murder to solve above you. Yeah. Uh, and Cole, <laughs> you I've, got and I've, got a... I've got a job upgrade there. <laughs> Cole, you and I have got to go and ring drivers and ask what they think about the FAA and okay. compact dynamics. Thank you. And compact dynamics, yes, of course. Who could forget? Fabulous. Yeah. Excellent. Until next week, boys. Have a good week. See you next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye.